Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we explore our year in the national parks, our international travel experiences, and our love for everything budget travel. We're Cole and Elizabeth Donaldson, a regular Midwest couple who quit our jobs and set off on a year-long adventure to all 59 U.S. national parks back in 2016. That set off our travel addiction, and since then we've visited over 50 countries. We've made travel a priority without breaking the bank, and we're here to share that with you. Elizabeth. Cole. Procrastination is a very powerful thing. No. It never really affects me. (laughs) For whatever reason. So we are, we usually try and get out a podcast episode to you all the first Monday of each month. And we've been, I've been surprised at how good we've been about doing that uh, personally. But this month we have failed. Uh, Yeah, because it's like May 14th. Yeah, I mean, really we're like a week. Halfway through the month. A week and a day behind. (laughs) But anyway, um, it was. Ultra, uh, even more unex- inexcusable because we had all of um, April to do this too. Because we recorded two in March uh, because we were preparing to tr- go traveling uh, on this trip that we're going to share with you all today. And it seems like forever since we've come back and, and recorded. And actually, I guess that's not true because this is our second time recording this particular episode because we were so rusty our first time that we had to scrap the whole thing. Yeah, we could have had it we could have had it out a little bit sooner and but we wanna make it good. We wanna we wanna focus on quality. Here, and so. we want to save your sanity uh, from our mumbling as much as possible, our mumbling, rumbling, and jumbling words. Um, Can I blame that on pregnancy brain? Oh, I don't think it was your fault. Uh, yeah. Anyway. It's a group effort. Speaking of procrastination, <clears throat> you just finished uh, your first semester of grad school. So congratulations on not procrastinating too much. I did get it done. Yeah, I, I did get uh, finished up my first semester of my master's in library science program that I'm currently working on. So now I get all summer off. I mean, off in quotes because we are expecting our, our baby in July. So, um, but We'll be picking back up with the program in the fall, so it's going to be a good summer. I'm I'm already in summer mode, for sure. Yeah, and we're already in life revolving around the baby mode as well, um, doing projects around the house to get ready, all of that. But uh, parlaying that into today's topic, we are going to talk to you about our recent baby moon. What is a baby moon? What... Uh, why you should do a baby moon, what are tips for executing the perfect baby moon, and even a little bit of our experience, um, what we found, and where we went as well. Uh, Although we won't get into as much of the where, because that will be a whole different podcast where we focus on the destination. This is... um, This is more about baby mooning, the, the art of baby mooning. 
I like that. <laughs> Not that we have perfected it by any means. Uh, because I think the whole idea of a baby moon is is very, very individual and personalized. So whatever you want to do is what you should do. Um, a baby moon is nothing more, I think, than an excuse to travel. Don't you think? Uh, I think everything in life can be <laughs> made an excuse to travel. Well, my so dad does not agree. think that baby mooning is a real thing, but it is, in fact, a thing. Although, back when ba- the, the term baby moon was first used, it was actually meant to be the like the blissful stage after you have a baby, <laughs> was, was called your baby moon. Um, which makes more sense if you think about what a honeymoon is. But anyway, from what I've heard, that stage is not that blissful, though. And you don't want to travel. You don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe they're a little mixed up there, misguided. <clears throat> uh, I think our baby moon was better. Our yeah, the 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 new like uh, Americanized version of a baby moon is definitely definitely preferable. N- new age baby moon. Yes. But first, we should explain what a baby moon is. Sure. (laughs) That's fair, I guess. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, a baby moon is basically just a trip you take with your partner or in some cases with your friends um, when you are expecting a baby before you have the baby. Um, And it's taken for a lot of purposes. uh, But for us, it was really about reconnecting, uh, as partners, as husband and wife, um, and really kind of solidifying that relationship before we have our baby. Yeah, more important than the what a baby moon is, is probably the why. Uh, the why, of course, on the surface level, is having some last fun before you're locked in the prison of parenting. But <laughs> harsh. But uh, and you know, just experiencing something as we've talked about that uh, you might not want to do with a kid. Um, but the deeper piece of the why is reconnecting with your partner um, as you're in this stage of life transition. As we are, you know, a, a kid will forever change our lives. Um, we thought it was a really great time to go on a trip that's just us, something that we can experience together when we don't have any other worries. Because even when we travel uh, alone in subsequent years, we're always going to have family back home, a kid, you know, at least for the next 18 years that will be, you know, in under our household. Um, so this is really one of the last times that we get to experience this as our um, married couple pre-kid days are numbered. Um, And that was just, uh, like, it's just uh, such a cool thing to um, go through together. And it's just traveling with, you know, at least I know with Elizabeth is so much, I feel such a greater connection with her when I'm traveling, um, because you're uh, not just experiencing all sorts of new things together, but you're around each other 100% of the time, you're making all these new decisions together, you're learning together, you are realizing new things about each other as you are presented with new situations. So I think it's just, it's always been amazing for our relationship to travel, but especially at this point. 
uh, it was a really great reconnection. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a lot of stress and a lot of worry and a lot of pressure sometimes that comes with having a kid, having a family. Um, and you just need to take advantage of those times when you can. So that's the, that's the biggest why, I would say. Yeah. So when we planned our baby moon and when anyone is planning a baby moon or and a lot of these tips like don't necessarily tune out because a lot of these tips can be applicable to a lot of trips. <laughs> if you just need, you know, want like a little refresher on planning any kind of trip. Um, but especially with a baby moon, we considered several things when we were planning it out. Uh, the first would be timing. So especially when you're traveling internationally, um, there are some limitations when you are pregnant. So usually those limitations hit around 32 weeks or like the third trimester-ish. Um, <clears throat> so we wanted to travel during the second trimester. I was a little bit sick at the beginning. So, you know, anywhere in the 20-ish week range was really ideal for me personally. Now it might be different for other people, uh, but that's the typical timing window. Um, so we, using that as like our starting guide, we looked at weather. We looked at where would be ideal to visit in March, since that was my timing window. Um, and so, you know, with, with weather, we personally wanted, I just wanted to be comfortable. I didn't want to be hot or cold. Um, some people might want to be hot. You might want to only focus on beach destinations. That's very popular for baby mooning. But personally, I would, I preferred 65, 75 degree weather. Another one, another thing you want to keep in mind are pregnancy specific advisories. So, um, travel warnings, health advisories that pertain specifically to pregnancy. The biggest probably that most people think of is Zika. Um, which is not as much of a problem as it has been in the past, though it is still kind of something you want to think about in the back of your head. Um, you can look at the like the official Center for Disease Control, the CDC website, to see. Um, it, it actually only names Zika as a risk in like parts of India, um, but it still labels it as a slight risk in a lot of other areas of, of the world where it's ever been before. Um, for us, that was just one of those things that was just too too high of a potential repercussion to to deal with. So that eliminated a lot of destinations for us, especially in the um, Caribbean. Not that we were going to go all the way to South America or Central Africa or Southeast Asia, um, but definitely keep an eye on the Zika warnings as they change constantly. Also, malaria, always uh, something to be concerned about, but particularly when you're pregnant because you don't want to take a lot of medications when you're pregnant either. So the antibacterials, anti-malarials, uh, not your best friend. So it, we wanted to avoid those uh, locations as well. Sure. The next thing, distance and just general accessibility. I didn't necessarily want to be on a plane for more than 12 hours. Um, even though my pregnancy was low risk, it, I had been feeling fine. I still just, I, I wanted to have access to a hospital just in case we needed that. 
Um, so I, I definitely kept all of that in mind too. Um, not that you can't go somewhere that's 12 hours away, as long as you're up and moving around the plane and and obviously talking to your doctor about all these things is much, much more advisable than just listening to the podcast. Um, there's nothing really that says you can't travel when you're pregnant um, long distances. So it's just kind of a comfort thing. But next, actually, speaking of comfort, we, um, Cole and I don't usually travel very comfortably. We usually are backpacking and camping and um taking public transportation and and I kind of wanted to put comfort as a much higher priority than I had in the past. Um, so that meant for us that we wanted to go somewhere where we could afford to be comfortable. So, you know, even though I really, really want to go to Switzerland and Norway, I knew that being comfortable costs a lot more there than it does in other areas of the world. So that was definitely a consideration we made as well. And then on the on the same vein as um, just the idea of what a baby moon is, traveling one last big hurrah, you know, having a, this this awesome shared experience. We also considered our bucket list, our our world list of where we've always wanted to go. Where would be much harder to visit with an infant or a child? Um, where, which places just, you know, would be easier to do later than, than others? Um, so while we wanted to do, you know, while we've always wanted to go to, I don't know, Chile or Colombia, we know that maybe it wasn't perfect right now. So we looked at our, our bucket list and kind of narrowed it down based on all those other considerations we've been talking about to see which places made the most sense. Because those countries, you're saying, would be more baby-friendly or child-friendly. Or just not pregnancy-friendly. Okay. Yeah. So, like, even though we want to go to Antarctica and go on a cruise, not, you know, seasickness and pregnancy are probably not a good combination. And while we want to go to a bunch of cities in Europe that might be easier to do with an infant. So we kind of consider all those things and narrowed down the list until we had our one final destination. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, there's the budget as well, which kind of is adjacent to all of these areas. Um, you know, And usually we put this at the top of our list, and most other people, uh, especially listening to this podcast, might too. But... Um, this is a different type of trip, and we really tried to keep that in mind, and especially I had to keep that in mind because <laughs> um, the purpose is just different, and while for you know Elizabeth, who is pregnant, it's obviously different, you know, I had to really keep myself from getting caught up in our normal travel flow. Um, I had to remind myself that this is... You know, not adventure travel time. This is, you know, reconnect, experience together travel time. Um, and we made a, a particular effort to, you know, be a little more comfortable, be in, you know, some uh, hotels that were uh, maybe on the higher end of what we would do normally. And then we also did, you know, made sure 
yes, we did some hikes and some fun active stuff, but tried to space it out um, with other, you know, low activity things. So the um, basically we were just really trying to not focus on how much everything costs, mm-hmm. but that's always a that's always a consideration no matter what. Definitely. So based on all of those considerations, all of those planning, you know, filters, basically, we came up with a short list and then we came up with a shorter list and a shorter list and a shorter list. Finally, we ended on, we actually narrowed it down to two, I think, that we were pretty solid on, which was Kauai, um, in one of the islands in Hawaii, or um, the Azores in Portugal. And... Most of you by now realize that we decided to go to the Azores. So we spent our baby moon, we spent about 10 days visiting the islands of the Azores. And then we, we migrated over to the mainland to um, where Cole was working. And we were also kind of doing some touristy things in Lisbon and Porto. So that was our... That was where we ended up on our baby moon. Yeah, and as you, as we said at the beginning, we'll regale everybody uh, who I'm sure are rabid for details with all of the specifics of what we did because it truly was an incredible um, two pieces of a trip. You know, the Azores Islands in the Atlantic and then the um, really diverse, charming experience of Portugal so we want to share that we think it's really worth um, considering as a destination and we have tons of tips and ideas for and specific details yeah that we're not going to totally get into today but today we want to kind of focus on the the baby moon aspect of those destinations um, so and really I think that our trip was not that much different than, our normal trips. Do you? No, not really. It just had a, a different intention behind it. And I think that yeah. was the main thing. It didn't look, it wouldn't look a lot different from the outside, but uh, I think the underlying feel was different for me at least. I think we were more careful about adjusting our pace and like giving ourselves lots more grace and uh, rest and slowness if we wanted it. Now, we didn't always take that. (laughs) I feel like we kind of hit the ground running and did just about everything we normally would have done. But as far as pregnancy-specific activities that I really, really, really enjoyed in the Azores, the first one was, the first, the most obvious one is that I got a prenatal massage. And that was something I really wanted to prioritize on this trip. And uh, we stayed in a really nice hotel in the Azores, um, which I will link in the show notes. Um, because it was when I when we say really nice, I think by most people's standards, it would have it was really nice, but it was not expensive. It was eighty dollars a night, so that by most people's standards, that's pretty cheap. Now that was like almost double of what our average other. Uh, accommodations cost throughout our trip because <laughs> we, we spent about $53 a night, I believe, on accommodations. Um, but but it was really nice and it had a spa. And so I decided to splurge on a prenatal massage. 
Um, that I definitely highly recommend pampering yourself a little bit on your baby moon. And I think a key thing there was that you decided you wanted to do that before we even left for the trip. So try to think of some fun things that you would really enjoy that are that you're doing because it's a baby moon or even you know extrapolate that because it's your honeymoon or because it's your you know whatever you know whatever trip um yeah i definitely looked forward to it those days i i scheduled it when we when we checked in i went ahead and scheduled it and i scheduled it for the last day we were going to be at that hotel so for those three days i really looked forward to it (laughs) yeah and i think that added a lot to your enjoyment yeah and then just kind of spinning off that staying in a nicer hotel in general was was special to this baby moon um it had an amazing bed it had a pool it had a like a little indoor pool and an outdoor pool and it was right on the ocean and that made the whole experience a little bit more special too even though we were out of the hotel most of the time Um, Other things that I really loved being pregnant um, were finding really sweet and short and sweet hikes to do. Um, We hike a lot. Uh, You guys know that we that we hike all the time. Um, So I had to adjust. I had to adjust the distance and the elevation and things like that. But it was kind of a, a different challenge to find hikes that were still really good. But I could do. (laughs) And I think a key thing here is that you don't want to get surprised. Uh, You want to know what you're doing when you get into it. And that was exactly what we tried to do with the hikes. We went to the visitor center, tried to understand all of the options that they had. Azores in particular has a great trail system with really clear trail brochures of exactly how long something takes, exactly how much elevation it is. So wherever you're going, if you arm yourself with information, uh, that means you won't be surprised about what you're getting into. And when you're not surprised, it has less of an opportunity to really um, take a turn for the worse. Because if we were in a situation where uh, we didn't realize a hike, although it's three miles, was 3,000 feet elevation gain, and (laughs) Elizabeth was expecting to do that, and um, I'll tell you right now, climbing, especially now that she's pregnant, is not her favorite activity. Um, that just would no, have it put might a, be my least favorite activity. <laughs> that would have put a damper on the whole day. Yeah, definitely no, no. Do do a little research and know what you're getting into. Um, you know, even just googling the name of your destination plus baby moon will f- probably find you a blog post or two about people who have taken a baby moon there. Um, and have lots of good recommendations. I also really loved just doing scenic drives. Um, it helped a lot that we had our own rental car. I think for the Azores, it's hands down, it's a no brainer. You should absolutely get a rental car. Um, but even for other places where you know, you're know, you not necessarily in a big city, I would recommend having a little bit of freedom to drive around and do things that Maybe normally you're used to taking public transportation. Um, this Having a rental car just gives you a lot of more independence. Yeah, and you all have heard us talk about how much we love doing public transit in a new destination. It helps us you know, get the vibe of the, the destination. But I do think this is another area where baby mooning is different because... 
you it's a different you know trip it's a different type of trip and you want the freedom is the main thing that i heard from you you know you if you're all of a sudden feeling really bad in the middle of the day and you're out in some city away from where you're staying you want to be able to get back and just go back to the hotel take a nap quickly something like that so um just do yourself a favor and build as much freedom as you can into the trip especially when it comes to transportation i think that renting a car is a great way to do that Mm -hmm. another one of my favorite activities was finding treats in different places that were special to the place. So this was less less Azores, I would say, more um, more mainland Portugal in Lisbon and Porto. They have a lot of really good pastries. Uh, past, pastels de, de nata. Na, de nata the pastes de nata. Cu- pastes de nata. The custard tarts that they have there. Um, so we stopped a lot for little pastry snacks. We... What were some of the other good treats? Cole enjoyed the wine, of course, in the Azores. The Pico wine, um, which I sipped twice and then felt guilty. Um, The cheese. The cheese, which I also, which was also uh, unpasteurized. So not the best for pregnancy, but if you are uh, going there otherwise, definitely get the Sao George cheese. any other treats of food that we remember? We had some really good food in the Azores, um, but there weren't, I didn't feel like there was a lot of like Azores specific foods that were classic, iconic Azores. Yeah, we went to that one bakery that had been been around for like 100 years mm-hmm. in uh, the main island of Sao Miguel, and that was a really good um I guess it was a factory, so you could kind of look in the window and see them making these thousands of little tiny bread pastries each day. So the the pastries were great. The wine on the Pico Island of the Azores was great, and the cheese on Sao George. Yeah. Again, less less baby mooning tips, more just. But and we'll definitely get into more of that um, when we talk all about the Azores next time. But as far as experience or the, our activities go it's really just about you so these were my favorite activities because I already like to hike so just adjusting that and doing an easier hike um, was just natural to me um, but I, I think it's really just don't overbook yourself don't you know don't pre-book like a full day trip every single day you're there because you might just want to rest in your hotel or you might just want to find a park and read a book. You might just want to sit on the beach if you're going to a beach. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing with activities is just making sure you know your pace, know your, um, know that you might be more active than you think you will be. I, I kind of went into this planning, planning this months ago, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, you know, 20, what was I, like 25, 24 weeks or so pregnant. I might be exhausted all the time and not wanting to do anything um and I actually did I, I I was surprised that I was more was wanting to be more active than I realized I would <laughs> yeah and I think another thing is to make sure not just you understand the limits that you have as far as activities but it's very 
clearly communicated to your partner because they need to be able to support you. They need to be able to understand why you're pushing back on certain things they might want to do and feel perfectly capable of doing. Uh, again, it's a different type of trip and um, y- you know, you might assume that they of course understand if it's called a baby moon, they, <laughs> the person carrying the baby will get a little special treatment. But uh, like I said earlier, it, it takes some attention not to fall back into your normal line of travel uh, or flow of travel. So that was something that I tried to do. Um, I, I think I did it better than normal, definitely not perfectly still, but um, yeah, make sure that is clearly communicated your intentions, objectives, and limitations. Uh, Absolutely. Communication is always a good travel tip anytime you're traveling with someone else. But especially, else. yeah, but especially, but especially in a specialized trip like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we want to talk about are some tips that we learned after we got back from our trip. So when, you know, kind of going through this whole process and living through it, we have some definite uh, pro pro tips for baby mooning. The first, when it comes to packing, I would recommend for sure packing for comfort, <laughs> packing lots and lots and lots of layers, um, depend regardless of where you are going. I know through my pregnancy, I, I get hot or I get cold and I just want to be comfortable immediately. Um, so layers are key. <laughs> Definitely pack walking shoes, comfortable shoes. Um, and uh, of course, don't forget your prenatal vitamins because those might be, depending on where you're going, might be harder to find somewhere. When you're on the plane, if you're flying somewhere on the plane, I definitely have some advice for that. So if you are not able to request, like if you're not able to pick out your seat ahead of time, if you are, I guess I should say first, always pick an aisle seat. Um, that way you can get up whenever you want. You you don't have, you know, you can get up whenever you want otherwise, but you're traipsing over two or three people uh, to get to get to the aisle. So if you're in the aisle seat, it's just a lot easier. If you don't have access to be able to pick your seat ahead of time, um, there are definitely ways around that. Like check in with the, the gate agent, um, explain your situation. I know on Southwest, because you can't pick your seats ahead of time, you as be, being pregnant, you are allowed to pre-board. Uh, you just have to explain that. Um, and so then you can definitely snag that aisle seat. Um, what else? Bring a lot of snacks, dry snacks. I was pretty, I was basically over my nausea at that point. Uh, but you never know. You never know when it's going to come back. Um, so Cheerios or crackers or pretzels or something like that are always good to have on hand. Um, and make also, sure you're not going long periods without eating. I mean, that's kind of right. implied. Um, right. But also make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Um, always a good travel tip, but especially when you're pregnant. Yeah, if especially if you're visiting somewhere that where you can drink the tap water. Um, I would highly suggest a giant water bottle, <laughs> just to always have always have plenty of water. You never want to be without water. Um, I know you can always buy plastic water. You you can always buy bottles of water, but save on a little bit of plastic and waste. Um, it's always good to have that giant water bottle. Um, 
The other thing that I found to be really helpful was requesting a vegetarian meal. I'm not a vegetarian, but um, airplane meat is scares me a little bit, and it's never like that the best. So I just went ahead and re- uh, requested vegetarian meals for the international airlines that I was traveling on, and that actually ended up being really good because sometimes when it's during the day. They might just bring you a sandwich, and even if it's even if you normally eat meat, you're supposed to be more careful about deli meat. So you might not be eating, you might not be, um, or you might be avoiding that being pregnant. So that was really helpful to just not have to worry about any meat on the plane whatsoever. Also, um, compression socks were wonderful. Um, they definitely didn't prevent me totally from getting cankles on the on the way there um but no, def- they didn't. no they did not but that was probably more my fault than than anything because i it was an overnight flight and i wasn't getting up as much as i should have but any kind of compression clothing is very wonderful for for being pregnant and being on a plane yeah and specifically on compression in like your thigh and and shin I suppose uh, it's really important to get up at, or well compress or just get up as often as you can because the doctor explained to us that when you're pregnant you are doubly at risk for blood clots uh, right I think something like that definitely yeah. just talk to your doctor because they know more than we do <laughs> we just listen to my doctor and she actually suggested taking a baby aspirin, like an 81 milligram baby aspirin before I, before, right before takeoff um, to help with that too. So just talk to your doctor and they'll have more tips for you. Um, and then as far as, yeah, just getting up, get up often when you're on the, on the plane. I, I just set an alarm on my phone for like 45 minutes to an hour or so and then I tried to get up every time. Sometimes it was nice. I just looked at the bathroom line, and if it was really long, I would get up. So then I could have more time up on my feet, um, even though you're not supposed to lollygag in the in the aisles. Just kind of wandering around is good. Next, once you get to the your hotel, <clears throat> um, my biggest thing was pillows. <laughs> I was requiring a couple of additional pillows at that point, uh, or really just one extra pillow. Um, But most hotels will let you request extra pillows. Look at your Airbnb pictures really carefully to make sure that you have enough pillows that you're going to need. We stayed in an Airbnb in Lisbon that only had one pillow per person, and I ended up taking the cushion off of the dining room chair uh, to put between my legs because I needed just a little bit of extra comfort there. Uh, so just d- d- do your research and check on that. And then check on the situation for getting in and out of your room. Are there stairs? Is there an elevator? Is it like our place in Lisbon where we had to wind like a mile through, oh, what's that neighborhood called? Alfama. Alfama, yeah, through the like winding staircase streets of Alfama with our suitcases. Um, so that's definitely something you want to probably want to keep in mind and look, check ahead of time. And finally, activities. We kind of mentioned some of this earlier, um, but just be prepared to adjust your pace, adjust your stamina, 
don't try to overbook yourself ahead of time and then feel obligated to go to all these day trips and tours and things like that. We kept it really flexible, really open. You know, we kind of had like one or two things in mind we wanted to do each day and then filled in the gaps based on our energy levels. Um, So that worked really well for us. One of the things you definitely want to look at pregnancy related is any kind of precaution for or um, limitation on your specific activities. So we wanted to do a whale watching tour in Pico, which is one of the big things to do there. The whales are supposed to be really awesome. You can even see local whales year round. Um, when we got to the whale watching place though, they, we, we were pretty much set up ready to go. And I, I said, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Is there any any kind of um, rule about that. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can't go on this. <laughs> so even though I had checked on their website ahead of time, which said there were no limitations for pregnant women, that was referring to the summer when they were using bigger boats. Um, but since we were in the off season, they were using small boats that were a lot more rocky, a lot more bouncy, and they did not allow pregnant women to go. So definitely do your research, check, ask lots of questions. Uh, People are definitely always willing to help you out and answer your questions. Yeah, there was another activity we considered for a hot minute about, I think it was like rappelling down a waterfall or I didn't consider that for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) You considered that for me. It was a tour company that had these different options, and we were just exploring uh, what else could we do on the island. Um, And, yeah, we knew we couldn't get Elizabeth in a harness, and that wouldn't be good for anybody, um, you know, rappelling. And even the kayaking, you know, I just talked with the uh, tour guide operator over Facebook Messenger, and he said... You know, yeah, we could amend it, the route to be less far from villages because it was a little like coastal kayaking route they took. Um, so a lot of times they'll work with you, but uh, like I didn't even realize that you got far away from from the villages or from you know safety at that on that tour. So they'll know what to tell you and they've I'm sure run into people in all different health conditions uh, including pregnant women so yeah just don't be afraid to ask them definitely well do we have anything else do do you have anything else you wanted to add from the partner's perspective of baby mooning no good question I mean I mentioned everything already just try to really remember the trip is about um, us, about, you know, not about the adventure I wanted, you know, in the Azores. So I guess maybe that's another, uh, it goes back to picking the place, is don't, pick a place where you know, you don't have to do crazy adventure while you're there and you won't feel like you're missing out if being flexible, like we've said, you need to tone down the the adventure aspect of it. 
Um, but I had a blast. Like I was kind of downgrading my expectations from our normal trips a bit, but it was, you know, absolutely just as good as any other trip we've taken. Just as fun. Um, Elizabeth was a, a gamer the whole time, as you can imagine, she always is. Um, so it was just so fun to be with her, and also just to have this other element of. Like, we, I don't know, I guess our whole last six months, seven months has been the baby is coming. So <laughs> that, that's just a fun time in our lives. We're so blessed that, um, that we get to experience this together. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So next time we get to go talk about, you know, we've talked about all the baby moon parts of our trip. Next time, we're actually going to get into the details again, talk about the Azores, the archipelago off in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, part of Portugal, and how unique of a destination that is with its volcanic um, mountains, with its incredible hiking and adventure activities, its unique foods, um, beautiful, beautiful overlooks and cliffs and lighthouses, all that good stuff. And like we said, we didn't really, we, I felt like we did this trip pretty similarly to what we would have done other trips. So I think we still have a lot of good um, non-baby moon tips to share about tips and details and our experiences to share about the Azores. Absolutely. And we'll also, at, at the same time, talk about the second part of the trip, which was uh, Portugal, mainland, Lisbon, uh, day trips around Lisbon, Porto, the second biggest city in Portugal, and all the fun stuff we did there because I did not realize how cool of a destination Portugal is with all of the diversity of things you can do there. And we didn't even make it to the southern beaches. Like, Portugal is very diverse just in general as a country. It's a tiny, it's a pretty small country. It's definitely, like, you can take it all in in a... As, you know, as best as you can in a short-ish amount of time compared to other countries. Um, and we still feel like we barely scratch the surface, but it's definitely, definitely really cool country. Yeah, so come back for all that next month, the first Monday, we promise. Yes, but... <laughs> Should we promise? Uh, <laughs> we'll promise. Um, but until then, thanks for checking us out today. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend. Give us a rating on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You can always get more national parks and international travel videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Including posts about Azores and whatnot. Yes, absolutely. Make sure you check that out. Our Azores post is already up, so you can scope the details if you can't wait for the next podcast. Switchbacks out. out.